Welcome to another episode of QC Brief. Thank you for being here. We're here with Michael Forian. If this is your first time here, this is the special segment of the Backstage Podcast that was created and suggested by Michael Forian um, to give you guys a, a little brief uh, on what's happening during the campaign. We do this twice a week, every Monday, every Thursday. We try to do it early in the morning so we can get the information out to you. Um, we got a lot of things to talk about today. Michael, how are you? Living the dream, just getting by, um, <laughs> trying to enjoy the election campaign, whatever uh, enjoyment you can get out of it. We're weird people, right? We're the, these politicos that, you know, we live off the campaign, the new cycle of campaigns. We live off, you know, pizza and Diet Coke and staying at campaign offices until one, two o'clock in the morning, uh, getting our our, our 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 election day plans ready and whatnot. Um, and, you know, we don't get to experience this time around because all we're doing is commenting on on mm-hmm. on how pathetic and, and horrible some of the campaigns are. So in any case. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a weird hobby to have. It's a weird passion. I got to I got to admit, you know, uh, it, it's like we enjoy the torture. You know, let's stay up and sleep one hour, but it's a campaign. You're 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 riding just entirely on adrenaline for like over 30 days. It's incredible. And then you crash. And then (laughs) hard into a concrete wall going on for 20 miles an hour. Oh my god. All right, let's get let's get into it. Um, we have a little bit of a follow-up to do since Monday, just to keep people up to speed. Um we did mention on Monday, and this, we're, we're going to start this off uh, uh, where we left off. We we were talking about how incredible it is for a party like the Liberal Party of Quebec, this historic party with such uh, uh, a long-lasting uh, presence in the political scene, to be at a point in these elections where they don't even have a full slate of 125 candidates. Uh, we found that a little uh, incredible that the campaign started, and it's the only one of the major parties not to have completed its team. Uh, here we are, almost, uh, what is it, day five now, uh, still a problem um, with the candidatures over at the Liberal Party of Quebec. What's going on over there, Michael? Because it seems like they just can't catch a break. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, what we saw from day one of the campaign uh, was, you know, on glad really trying to, uh, you know, highlight some of her candidates, but at the same time, introduce new ones, because she's still in the process of getting her 125 uh, official candidates, there's 125 right for people that aren't aware, 125 ridings across Quebec. Um, you know, they have until uh, I think the beginning of next week to uh, officially name them all uh, before the official cutoff. Um, right now, they've got about 109 candidates registered, so far off, really far off from that 125 total. And what we've seen is longtime political strategists, political employees, um, currently or formerly. Are, are being asked to come and and stand in and and what we would call them during uh the election campaign we would call them perhaps potos um so polls they would they would they would just be stand-in candidates um to uh you know fill a spot a fill a fill a spot in a riding where we didn't think there was much chance of of, of our party winning and we just need somebody to 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 fill that space because it would be really embarrassing not to have anybody running there at all. And the Quebec Liberal Party, it's it's 150 years plus of existence. Um, I think for pretty much every election has had a full slate of candidates um, or, or close to it. Uh, some candidates may drop out. Um, you know, after the cutoff, or they may not be able to fill it depending on the situation. If, for example, a candidate gets caught in a scandal or um, they're accused of something, they're under police investigation, and the leader in the party would be very quick 
to distance themselves from that candidate themselves. And so they might have maybe 124, 123 candidates, but by and large, 100, 125 candidates is what you're, you're expected to, especially a major party like the Quebec Liberal Party. The fact they only have 109 and are dropping, they're dropping their candidates, um, or so rather, candidates are dropping out from the Quebec Liberal Party. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's not you, it's me. Um, you know, they, they lost um, uh, Ratiba Ferez. Um, you know, she became uh, the, the third liberal to withdraw their candidature um, since the start of the race. And, and then also um, François Bolli and Vanier-Lerivière, which is a Quebec City riding. Um, Estella Normando, who was running over in Richmond in the eastern townships. Um, and of course, the reasoning for this, uh, which, which is, I don't think anybody buys it, is, you know, this is for professional reasons. It's related to their work. Uh, you know, I was waiting for one of them to come out and say, you know, I really want to spend more time with my family at this point. At what point did they decide over the course, uh, of, you know, of, of the of the past few days that they were going to drop out? Yeah. Probably <clears> recently. <throat> but did they not, you know, they obviously saw the warning signs. They obviously saw the poll numbers, um, the PLQ struggling in the polls. Um, you know, th- this is this is not bode well for Dominique Anglade that she doesn't have a full slate. She's at, at 109 candidates and dropping. She cannot fill those final seats. Um, this this is bad news all around. And I don't know um, how she's going to be able to turn this around because I feel that the media is focused. This is becoming a larger and larger media story. The wheels are falling off the bus of the PLQ campaign bus. Um, and quite literally, their media bus, because you have the um, the leaders bus uh, going from across the province from location to location, um, you know, campaign stop to campaign stop, and you'll have a media bus following it. The media bus of the Quebec Liberal Party literally uh, broke down uh, on the side of the road um, outside of Quebec City yesterday. Um, and and this is the second time I believe that they've had operational problems where the driver uh, smelt something inside the media bus and had to stop on the side of the road and and try to figure out what is going on. Um, I think he smelt a, a campaign on fire. And, and, and this is and this is not going to do well for her. Um, I, I don't know how she recovers. You're, from you're, abso- you're absolutely right. And you know this sort of thing, which is a non-issue, it should be a non-issue. It's just casting a shadow over her entire campaign. Every single day. I mean, imagine having to start your campaign every single morning with these questions. What's happening? Do you have your candidate? It's constantly in the back of your mind and it doesn't allow you to think, okay, what's in the works? What's the plan? What's the agenda tomorrow? What's the agenda by the end of the week? What's our strategy? There's so much more important things to, uh, to focus on right now. And you're absolutely right. I feel it's to a point where the desperation has reached such a height where they're just dumping advisors here you go there you go there we just need to 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 mitigate whatever um uh um Whatever, whatever openings, we whatever have attention, left. We just need yeah, to we fill you and, and Dominique Anglade's writing director. Um, that's what I was going to say. I mean, these are people he's that are running in both. These are people that are supposed to be advising. So you have her campaign organizer and writing director in Saint-Henri Saint-Anne, writing in Beauce. Obviously, we know that he's not he's not going to step foot in Beauce. Uh, but still, you have the president of your uh, Commission Politique Nationale, Jonathan Marlot, that is running in um, in Maurice Richard. You Which have- used to be a city 
safe seat for us, which used to be a relatively safe seat uh, seat Uh, a couple of of elections ago. Yeah, it it, it would come and go that one. Before, even with Kremazi, it was, you know, it was always... um, But there was always an expectation that we had a chance there. There was always an expectation that we we, could take Maurice Richard. But it's just the people people that normally are close to the campaign. They're in the war room. They're in the bus. Uh, Your your, your party uh, president is running, which is not a surprise. Usually the presidents, they're often given a seat, which doesn't surprise me. She's running here in the South Shore in La Pignade. You have... One but, of the top- but 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 George, after they went to like a dozen people and said, "Do you want to run in La Pinel? Do exactly. you want to run in Brossard?" Exactly. Exactly. And, and exactly. everybody said no, and exactly. it's like they go to. But that's the, my point. That's it's my. It's like point. they have to threaten her. It's like they have to threaten her to run there. It's yeah, it's, yeah. it's Look, so I mean, we're not, sad. We're, I, I, yeah, I hate assuming stuff, but it feels like when I'm imagining like the playing back in my mind, it's like we need a candidate. You. Go, you, go, let's go. We just need to fix this problem once and for all. And you have top strategists like Shal uh, Rabai, uh, who's running in the region of uh, uh, of Quebec. Who, and who then, just, but just for people that are listening, Shal Rabai, a former director of, of media relations yeah. for Philippe Puyal, somebody who was a strategist for him over his entire mandate. So... Yeah, super smart guy. These are guys that you need on the campaign trail. These are people that you need to kind of uh, direct your campaign and to control the message and make the links with the media. That was uh, Charles Rebaix's specialty, reaching out to the media, trying to control the message. Okay, well, let's you know put that down a little bit. What do we do? Like that's his specialty. And then you have in Jean Lesage, I think, um, Julie White, another really important strategist who's who's had you know a, a long career behind the scenes really important so if these people are running on the ground who's advising dominique anglade like for me that's the question who's advising her well, whoever uh, is should be fired immediately you know what i mean so anyways we're hearing stuff from you know in the party where it's just it doesn't seem to have launched well. I mean, you know, we're not off the ground. The party is definitely not off the ground yet. Uh, think that people are still scrambling. Uh, there, there's a there, 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 there's a lack in volunteers. Um, let's just say that this probably wasn't the start that the Liberal Party had uh, had hoped for. That's you know, to say the least. No, for sure. And I and I think that it's actually you know the Liberals, uh, you know, being. Uh, their campaign being poorly run as it is is actually being a distraction from uh, media covering other yeah. uh, announcements. I mean, not just their policies, but also you know what the CAC is announcing, what QS is announcing. It's it's people are fixated on a really bad news story, and this is typical for for media. It's typical for journalists. Oh, this is this is candy. On, this is candy for them. They love it. But instead of focusing on okay, what are we going to do to fight the you know affordability crisis? What are we going to do to fight uh, you know rising inflation? The, we're fixated, media is becoming fixated on, okay, this is a party that's been around for 150 years plus, and they're imploding. And in slow motion, over the course of a 36-day campaign, and boy, we're going to give you a front row seat. It's going to be a very long campaign. Let's see how this evolves. Uh, let's move on over to something very serious, something that I've definitely experienced, you've probably experienced, that everyone that gets involved in politics at some point or another will be confronted by this. Um, but this time around, it seems like it's just, um, I don't know. It's so difficult to understand how we've reached this level. And I'm talking about the violence, the threats, the whole question around the, the, the security of the, of the candidates. And in general, even, even the staffers and volunteers, um, we've been hearing stories like this from the very beginning of the campaign. Yesterday was such a, a, an unbelievable 
day. You know, it started off with um, uh, Enrico Ciccone, who is the the the, the incumbent MA in um, in Marquette for the Liberal Party, who's uh, who, <laughs> uh, just, just for people the 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 the, the writing names are not necessarily well yeah, known. It's in, so it's in it's in it's in, it's in La Salle. Um, Lachine, sorry, Lachine. Uh, so his writing office was broken into. They stole a bunch of uh, uh, computers, servers, and it was it, it seemed like so strategic. Someone probably already knew exactly where they had to go, and yeah. it was like they, they they broke in a whole wall. Um, and then at the same time, a story breaks out, and this has been ongoing for a couple of weeks now with uh, Mara Risky, who is the incoming MA in Saint Laurent, who's expecting a baby in a month, who is literally getting life threats. Yeah. And, and, ridiculous. And, and so what we saw this uh, this morning, at least, it was reported that the man who was making those threats was arrested. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, this has been going on for, I mean, she says that she's been, she had received, um, you know, threats about her, about, you know, her being murdered from this person. Um, uh, you know, it's, uh, this just goes, you know, and, and on top of that, the, you mentioned it before, eight months pregnant, um, you know, she's married to my friend and your friend, Greg Kelly. Um, you know, I, I can only imagine um, the, the added, you know, the campaign is stressful enough, a pregnancy, introducing a, a new member of your, a, you know, a new member of your family, you know, you're, this is a new, a whole new being, you know, my, my brother, my, my, uh, my sister-in-law just went through this process, uh, um a few months back and 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 i can only like you this should be one of the happiest moments of your life you've got you know the election campaign going on and now you have this um on no, top you, of it and it, it just it kill it, it, it i cannot imagine what you know she couldn't sleep for three days it's chilling because late last night she was on paul laroc and she was explaining yeah. uh, uh you know how things went down and she she was very uh, she was very smart in keeping it down, not focusing, but I mean, now it, it, it came out, but this happened, uh, it's been happening since mid-August where the way she found out was that she received the call. The, the, the guy called her local police office yeah. and said, I'm, I want to report a murder, Mara Risky. This is where you're going to find this her. This is the body. name of my streets and saying you can find and, her murdered body yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, and he was arrested. He pleaded not guilty. And here's the big question right now, because she was given uh, security the time that this guy was, uh, was arrested and yeah, he was yeah. released conditionally. Yeah. And then once his release happened, she lost her security. She got security for one day. For one, one day of day, police protection. Exactly. And she was told to stay at home. Yeah. But she has to go, of course, for uh, ultrasounds. She has to go for checkups. She's in a state where... She's in the middle of a campaign, for God's but, sake. But she's also bringing a child into this world. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you want your, your life... Ha- excuse me, but your life has to stop because this asshole is coming is trying to ruin your life and making threats against you and you have to put everything on hold that is unacceptable is. and the thing too and, and you know what the sq the south du quebec should be off, be able to offer the protection uh to uh high to, to candidates uh and and high profile officials that um you know are receiving threats of this nature during the campaign right now just so people know um, Quebec does have a decent, I would say, decent um, security apparatus set up for um, better than better than the federal. I would say better every, than the feds. Uh, every minister, every minister is always accompanied by a bodyguard. Yeah, um, and, who doubles as a driver, and so they exactly. they they they're secured in their in their car. They're secured in the they're, they're in the. It's usually an SUV that they drive around in. 
Um, they have it's it's an armed SQ officer that's highly trained that is on them and they do rotational shifts. So my point being is that they switch once a week, to my understanding. The, the, the premier has, has very good security in this, in this case as well. The ironic part of this whole thing is the reason why SQ officers of this nature that were brought in to protect the ministers and the premier uh, was not so much to you know protect uh, those officials from the public, but it was more to, to protect the public from the ministers because uh, you'll recall a certain premier got behind the wheel after a night of drinking and um, ran over somebody who yeah. uh, was a person who was uh, homeless and, and killed them. So in any case, that was running Levesque, by the way. In any case, uh, but my point being is that we're in a different, completely different circumstance now where um, with the the rise of Donald Trump in the United States, um, you know, albeit he's not president anymore, his presence is still very much there. His supporters are still there. There are unfortunately people in Canada that feel that they now have a social license to make threats towards politicians because the orange man the bad man, the bad man, the orange man down in the down in the south, he has been able to do that, and at his rallies, he's been able to uh, attack uh, politicians openly, and and has asked his supporters to mob, to mob politicians, you know, harass them, and go after them as much as they can. Looking at as a, you know, looking down there, you would think, oh, many of these people, I'm sure, look at that and say, well, if he can do it, why can't I? Yeah, the freedom, the, the freedom convoy. Um, many of these people were carrying in, in downtown Ottawa, not too far from where I am right now, were carrying Trump uh, flags. Uh, many of them were, you know, you want to ask them, like, you, you do recognize you're in the wrong country if you're going to be mm. flying around a flag of this nature. So it's it's a very bizarre world that we're in. I do hope that and I think that Marwa is right in terms of asking for um you know the the premier and the the sq to, to re reevaluate what kind of protection uh candidates uh, MA should have both in and outside of campaigns uh, because this is not a problem that goes away just when when the when the votes are cast and we know who wins this is going to be this is going to continue um we know we know it's a problem <clears throat> on the federal level uh, christian freeland over in um alberta uh, Grand Prairie, Alberta, when she was out there uh, getting harassed uh, by uh, this this big moron who, uh, as she was trying to get into an elevator, um, started yelling at her and, and cursing her out. Um, and uh, it's it's just disgusting. And you know what? I was happy to see a lot of politicians from all political perspectives, conservatives and liberals alike, uh, NDP, everybody going out and saying, "Fuck that guy! Uh, he was an asshole for doing that to her." Yeah, because um, this, yeah, because this could happen to anyone. Yeah, you, you know, and everyone can put themselves. In, in these they're people. all vulnerable they're all vulnerable exactly exactly and uh you know uh, to the point where yes just to get back to mara risky yeah she was thinking and, and i understand it completely i'm a father I, i've been through the process twice and your priority shifts entirely so in the middle of a campaign she actually considered just calling it quits saying, you know what fuck it's not worth it i had a good life i had a good job i enjoyed it is this worth it and i know that you know politicians we can very easily point our finger and blame them. And we get it. We've been through there. And I think that everyone that does politics develops kind of this hard shell and we can take this pressure. Um, but at the, at the same time, you have to understand that they're people, they have lives, yeah. they have families, relax. It's a fucking job that they're doing. They're doing the best they could. You're allowed not to agree with them, 
but just relax, man. Take it, take it out at the polls. Take it out when you go cast your ballot. That is your ability to go say, hey, I don't like what you're doing. I'm throwing you out of office. This is what I think, and I'm going to do it there. Taking up arms, taking up violence, doing anything of that nature is you, you, you've you've completely you've gone way past the last exit to relevancy the moment you've done that. Yeah. And 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 I have no time for it. I have no time for that. And I have, you know, as somebody who has worked in, uh, you know, in public uh, positions, uh, being press secretary for ministers, uh, being a spokesperson, I've received threats. Yeah. I received, I've received this kind of shit and, and I've got no time for it. And I know that I've received a lot less than high profile elected officials out there, particularly women, with powerful women, high profile women that a lot of men that are fucked up. Sorry, my, excuse my language, George, but that, that are seeing them on TV and they go nuts. And these incel wackadoodles who think they can take advantage of, of attacking these women and going after them. I hope they recognize the consequences now with the arrestation of, of this, uh, of this guy this morning. Yeah. Um, let's move on. Let's talk a little bit about uh, stuff that is being uh, said in the, in the announcements in their platforms this first, well, it's not a first week, but the first couple of days, a lot of parties have been focusing a lot on the economy uh, and uh, promising uh, tax cuts. Is that a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Um, what, what do you, what do you think? Right. And I mean, the, the whole premise of this is being able to fight inflation. It's, it's you know, Legosa himself, it's, it's, uh, he's trying to give out a, you know, a bouclier uh, anti-inflation, um, you know, $2,000 uh, a year for the elderly. Um, we, we saw that, uh, you know, the liberals are trying to counter this too with tax cuts. Uh, the Quebec Solidaire wants to have an, a temporary elimination of the, of the, um, the Quebec sales tax on certain products. Uh, you know, we're we're seeing we're we're seeing that you know, and obviously the PCQ, obviously they're 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 pushing uh, for uh, the the lowest uh, basic tax tax plan possible. Um, so this is all done in, being done under the the premise uh, of 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 inflation, because inflation is emerging as the topic of the campaign, if there is one, uh, aside from the the Quebec Liberal Party imploding. Um, you know, and it's a question of you know whose plan will help you more. And and I'll start off with with this. You know, it, it's really coming down to you know the the Liberal Party, the CAC, and the Conservative Party is offering. Um, you know, it's it's like a race to the bottom, as Quebec Solidaire would put it, um, because it's like whoever will tax uh, less, whoever will cut, uh, you know, pr promote tax cuts the most. Um, the, it's really is a race to the bottom. The way that the that um, that, le, that you know Gabriel Nadeau Dubois and Manon Massé from Quebec Solidaire are freezing it. But in you know in the opening days of the, of, the, of the of the campaign, you're seeing these different proposals to to lower the you know higher cost of living. Um, and and it's it's you know I I think that it's it's the right approach because this is what is affecting Quebecers across the board no matter your age no matter your sex no matter your region your location everybody's being hit uh, by this and and I think that um, you know with with we we've seen previously uh, during um, you know uh, non campaign times that CAD the CAC government Legault was 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 you know putting out uh, real inflation relief checks they range anywhere between 400 to 600 bucks um Legault thinks that uh, they they have, people need to have a choice uh, um about what to do with their money and and he's literally giving them a choice by sending them checks um but at the same time we're we're getting into um 
We're getting into some difficult territory uh, because uh, a lot of these proposals are, are being paid for and being tapped into by the Generations Fund or the Fond des Générations French, it, it, which right. essentially, just to explain to listeners, it's it's a, that's a stash of money that the Quebec government um, has used to reduce um, its 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 debt burden. Um, and, and it was established in 2006. Uh, it was the Shrey Liberals that brought it in. And um, it's it's gone from being, you know, nearly twice. We've seen that Quebec's debt to GDP ratio has gone from being nearly twice the Canadian average to nearly on par with other provinces. So it's it was really because um, when Chagat when got in, he recognized that this is going to be a long-term problem that we need to, uh, you know, start creating solutions for. Um, so by most accounts, I think it's been a success. I think most people would say that the Generations Fund has, has worked. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but to be able to pay for these tax cuts, um, you know, you're going to have to be start, start stripping away uh, from from investments in the generation fund. Um, and, and so it's, it's, you know, future generations are going to have to deal with with the challenges they're going to they're going to be yeah. facing. And a lot of people are accusing Legault of buying votes, uh, of buying votes using using um, a, a fund that uh, his government, you know, barely contributed to. Um, uh, you know, in compared compared to previous liberal governments that have, and yeah. and it's it just it, people are, are accusing it, accusing him of, of this not being fair, albeit that you know Anglad is doing the same thing in terms of uh, offering uh, yeah, similar tax cuts, and, and they're being very careful in the way they phrase it, right? And look, Quebec is there at least they're honest and they're saying, look, we're not going to contribute, we're going to suspend it. It's going to be temporary, but we're going to literally suspend it. The CAC is saying that no, we're we're going to contribute, but not as much. We're we're going to, um, I think, uh, re- remove a billion dollars or a little over a billion dollars a year to the contribution. Yeah. And the liberals, they're, they're I mean, they're playing with words. They're 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 saying, no, no, we're 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 not going to touch the generation fund. We're just going to extend our um the zero deficit. You know, so. Uh, the, the return to uh, to a zero we're just going to extend it to uh, we're going to add like I think they said seven years or something like that. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's the same thing. <laughs> You're just prolonging uh, your um, your 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 balanced budget. So everyone is giving out little candies everyone and it's it's normal i mean it's a campaign you're this is what people the, the parties know that this is what people expect like what are you going to give me but at the end of the day you have to think of how you're going to pay for all these things and i think there was an interesting article in uh, i think it was in la presse from uh, michel Cirurgien, uh, who said you know the debate is turning between the parties on the short term and the long term are we sacrificing the long term to satisfy our short-term promises or yeah. desires or whatever, so and, and it's it's a short-term uh, addiction to to uh, money that we don't have, and it's a short-term addiction to uh, wanting services we can't afford, and it's this wish list that is just unfortunately just not realistic. Um, just a little bit more on what we're seeing because we, we we talked about the CAX plan, but but the liberal income tax proposal it's going a bit further uh, than the CAX, and and they're offering to shave about uh, a percentage point and a half, so one point five percent off the first two income brackets um, because we have a of course in Quebec and in all Canadian provinces and federally as well we've got a progressive tax system. Um, the, you know the, the Quebec Conservatives they're going to cut two percent from the same two tax brackets too. Um, but their party has been pretty, um, you know, quiet in terms of providing details on how the cuts will be financed. Because again, it's great to talk about tax cuts, but if you don't know where that money is going to be coming from in terms of being able to balance the budget, that's an issue. Um, and you know, the CBC put out a great comparison, a great chart 
showing by way of comparison, you know, a, a family making about $80,000 a year would get an extra 425 bucks from the CAC plan, about 637 bucks under liberals and 850 bucks from the conservatives to show you liberals and conservatives taking a lot more of an aggressive approach in terms of, you know, putting more money in your pocket, but the the costing of it is, is fairly absent from their two plans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's going to be definitely interesting because, and you know, like you said, this was in 2006, we've seen uh, since then the benefits that this uh, Fonds de Génération has had, right? And the, the idea is to reduce, if not eliminate the burden on the next generations, right? We, you don't want to give uh, a state of affairs that is going to harm the next generations coming on. And I keep thinking, what if this had existed? What if this was put in place back in the 90s? We would certainly be in a position today uh, to provide anything we want, like whatever promise you have, whatever, you know, whatever ambition you have, you'd be able to fund it today because we would have thought about this a long time ago. So, Fast forward to now, why are we, you know, why are we dipping into that fund? Why can't we just think, you know what, look, we'll, we'll, let's think long term. Let's think 15 years from now, right? We're going to be able to provide much more than we can today. Uh, but that's the beast, right? That's the nature of uh, of the animal. It's the nature of campaigns, right? And and I and I think the way that I, I have to really commend uh, Quebec City Dow, I, I don't agree with their policies. I don't agree with with their approach when it comes to taxation, of course, I personally would want lower taxes across the board for all Quebecers and an aggressive approach too. I'm probably more in line with Eric Zoyam's thinking in terms of cutting taxes, albeit that he's just not costing them. But I have to commend QS in terms of their messaging, in terms of saying this is just a race to the bottom. Um, where where are the where are the actual plans for this? Where's the costing of it? Um, they're the only party that's calling everybody out because they know that they're, well, they're the only ones that actually have a leg to stand on. And um, I think it's working. And I think it's it's a uh, they're they're really you know parsing out the bullshit amongst the campaign and really sticking it to the the other party leaders. Uh, let's talk a little bit about um, the 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 GNL, uh, the project that is coming back. It's surfacing back into the news. We'll talk a little bit about what it was uh, and how things have shifted, especially since the the visit last week or two weeks ago of the the German Chancellor here in in Canada looking for renewable sources of energy to bring into Germany and eventually into Europe and the role that Canada can play. And suddenly, Quebec is back on the map with this GNL uh, project. Yeah. And and just just so people understand, the the, the GNL Quebec uh, project, it's it's related to the Gazoduc pipeline uh, project in just to bring natural gas from from the from the west um, through a a um, it's like a 780 kilometer pipeline from from northeastern Ontario for um, to a, a liquefaction terminal in in Saguenay. So um, you know lots of jobs would be created. Um, you know the the liquefied gas would, would be shipped from there um, by boat out to sea. Obviously, you know Germany being one of those countries, uh, quite quite likely, um, you know uh, Ukraine. Um, you know, Jeanette Quebec, I understand, is is already in the process of signing um, agreements. They've they 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 sent they signed recently um, uh, an agreement of understanding, a memorandum of understanding with Ukraine. Um, you know, Germany. There, I, I, I believe there are talks going on. Signatures are, are either on the pages or are bound to be on the pages. So my my point being is that. Um, th- this would send, you know, about 11 million tons of, of, of LNG to, to Europe and Asia over the next 25 years. It's a huge project. It's, it's, it's fantastic for the Quebec economy. Now, the, you know, Eric Zoyam is, is trying to make this um, a ballot box question in the region. 
from the people, albeit that, you know, to people in Montreal and, and people outside of the, the Saguenay region, I would look at that and say like, wow, he's doing a really good job at it. I don't, I, from the people that I speak to up in the, up there, they tell me that it's, it's, he's not very convincing. They, people don't really take him seriously. Uh, he's not going to win any candidates, any seats up there with his candidates. Um, and, you know, he, he's really trying to make this the ballot issue against the, the, the CAQ. The CAC um, has, you know, it, depending on which minister has taken a very bizarre approach. When Legault got in in 2018, uh, you know, he had Girard and Fitzgibbon uh, as his two economic ministers. Um, they, they're very pro Jeanette Quebec. Um, but at the cabinet table, but, you know, Legault himself is, um, is very, you know, full of himself and, and, and is worried about his image, uh, of, of being anti-environment, um, albeit that he is generally speaking pro business and, and pro getting, uh, getting resources, uh, exported and to obviously to the benefit of Quebecers and the benefit of, of job creation in Quebec. Um, he's worried about the look, he's worried about being, being looked upon as somebody who's anti-climate change or anti um, uh, environments and, and, you know, the, he is put the federal, the federal government has also put him into a weird position because they're the, the Trudeau liberals are, are, are giving the, you know, almost a green light to Jeanette Quebec by basically saying, Hey, we are going to, we're, we're giving a tip of the hat to this project. If the business case can be presented that it's profitable and, and Jeanette Quebec is currently doing that. They're evaluating that the business case is there. And on top of that, they're showing that by offering liquefied natural gas, we're going to also reduce uh, the consumption. Um, these countries that we're giving it to, like like Ukraine, like Germany, others, we're going to prove that they're going to be reducing their coal uh, purchases over the course of the next 10, 20, 30 years yeah. by taking on our cleaner energy. So there's a bit of back and forth. There's a bit of disagreement at the cabinet table. Benoit Charette is, is trying to pivot himself as, as the... Uh, you know, as a strong minister, a strong environment minister, he's not, Charette's not going to be there uh, when the CAC is reelected. I say when the CAC is going to be reelected, re but, you know, it's it's quite, looking at the polls, let's be yeah. honest here, but there's going to be a new environment minister. Um, it didn't really, I don't know if it's going to be somebody who's, who's going to be more pro-business or more pro-environment, but the fact of the matter is that um, the, everybody except the go has given the project the go. Because in um, his defense, in his defense, the, um, he says that it failed to comply with the evaluation of the BAP, which is the Bureau d'audience um, public sur l'environnement. It's like an environment kind of. Uh, it's a quasi judicial council, yeah. but you know the people you find on there are not people that are going to look at the business case. They're not people. There, these are individuals on the BAP, and BAP is they were the only only jurisdiction in Canada that has this type of quasi judicial, um, you know, body that will uh you know completely look away from the business case look away from the from the social responsibility case of you know russia cutting off uh gas mm -hmm. imports into uh, gas exports into uh, europe they won't look at that they won't look at it from an international relations perspective from a bit from from getting jobs for quebecers they look at it from a purely um you know uh, environmental perspective and it's it's just not it's not fair. It's not fair for 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 these types of projects where you got people like Jim Breyer, who's the venture capitalist, who put half a billion dollars of his own money into Jeanette Quebec. Um, you know, you're you're it's it just screams to the rest of the world, Quebec is not open for business, and that to me is very scary. There's two question marks that that, that come to my mind. One, 
like the ministers that you're talking about, both uh, Eric Gerard, who was on a radio station a couple of weeks ago saying that, well, you know, uh, uh, it didn't pass the BAP, but we uh, have spoken with them and they said that if they can reevaluate and present another uh, uh, another kind of project a little bit differently, maybe we can reevaluate it. Um, so that's one approach. So and, and Legault keeps. Uh, shutting that down, saying, no, look, the BAP said it's not happening, so it's not happening, we're not there. So there seems to be a little bit of a controversy there. And now we found out yesterday that um, Minister Fitzgibbon was actually having talks with them in the federal government. Uh, So that's one side. And the other kind of question mark is that the message that I got through the uh, after the following the visit of the German chancellor was that they didn't want, they weren't interested in liquefied gas. They were much more interested in hydrogen, in in green and blue hydrogen. So um, where does that leave uh, GNL? Because if the if the federal government is going to go down that path where they've agreed with Germany that we're going to develop much more the, the, the hydrogen uh, industry, what's to say uh, uh, what's going to happen with GNL? Because I know that even on the liberal platform, uh, their plan is not uh, uh, liquefied gas. It's much more focusing on what they believe will be the future, which is hydrogen. Yeah, it's listen. It's it's still very much a project that needs to materialize and will take time to materialize. Um, but I, I hope it does. Um, it's uh, I, I don't think I, I don't think that Germany is going to have a choice but to look at a diversity of different options um, uh, when it comes to their energy needs. Uh, the world, Europe, uh, you know, Asia is going to have to do that as well. Uh, I remind you that in some cases in uh, England right now, consumer uh, gas bills are going up by five uh, or six times what they were last year. Five, you're going to be paying five or maybe six times what you were paying the same time last year. Think about that. Um, that's devastating. Could you imagine if that was happening here? Thank God for Hydro-Quebec. Thank God we have our own resources. We're able to tap into that wonderful uh, resource in our backyard. Um, But uh, I I think that Quebec is well positioned to be able to be a major power player going forward. We'll see what happens come October 3rd. Very interesting. Um, Let's wrap it up. We'll do uh, the traditional wag of the finger, tip of the hat uh, in the last couple of days. What do you say? Um, you know, I was going back and forth in terms of who I was going to be selecting for this. Um, you know, uh, I, I think given the seriousness of what happened with Marwa, uh, what's happening to Enrico Ciccone over in, in his writing office, uh, why get the finger to, uh, people that, um, are, are participating in the worst possible way in this election campaign by making threats, by using violence and, um, by ruining it for everybody. Um, but necessarily, but in, in particular ruining it for, uh, candidates that want to step up and present themselves to um, people and ask for their vote, um, be part of the electoral process. We already have difficulty getting people, uh, you know, joking aside, the Quebec, Quebec liberals have a really bad, but joking aside, the, the you know, we already have difficulty getting um, people to run for public office. Uh, this is not, these types of stories and these types of experiences are not going to make it any easier. Um, kudos for Enrico and, and especially to Marwa for stepping up and speaking about it. Um, I, you know, I, w- I would say tip of the hat to Quebec Solidaire. Um, I think that they're they're playing, um, you know, I, I disagree with them on, on pretty much everything, but I think that they're in terms of the comms war, uh, they're they're getting their message out there. Um, you know, I think uh, they, they've divided themselves into two different campaign buses. Um, uh, you know, Manon Massé is in one campaign bus. Uh, uh, Gabriel Nadeau was in another campaign bus. They're dividing and conquering Quebec. 
um, throughout the campaign. Uh, I think it's a smart move. I think that the media is impressed by them. Uh, I think that they will retain or gain a few seats if this continues, especially depending on uh, the quality of their debate performances um, coming up in the next few weeks. I'll agree with you on the wag of the finger. Just completely unacceptable. Um keep asking myself how the fuck how we've come down to this you know um so yeah my 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 thoughts out to uh mara and rico as well but mostly mara um and uh hopefully things will get better uh all the way until the end of the campaign the tip of the hat i had to think about this because we were exchanging yesterday these ridiculous commercials from elections quebec and i thought this is horrible but the more that i kept thinking about it i thought you know what it's so bad that it gets people people talking, people looking at them and getting <laughs> to the point where I think, you know what? It's my tip of the hat. I'm like, good for you thinking that, you know, these horrible commercials are actually going to get people's attention. Uh, so, yeah, if you guys haven't seen them, just go over to Elections Quebec. They have the weirdest commercials promoting the elections, but it works. George, for, for listeners and viewers, let's link to uh, in the description box to the actual uh, ads themselves and uh, and some of the other funny stuff that we saw from this week on the campaign trail. All right, Michael, thank you so much. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We'll be back again next Monday. Uh, definitely the weekend coming in. We're going to have a lot of things to talk about. Have a great day. Thank you for tuning in. Take it easy. Cheers. Ciao, Mike.